All right, fine. <laughs> oh, Neil is here. All right, Neil, you need to turn up. I need more signal. Okay. A little bit more. Okay. Let me read this David Willis cartoon anyway. I haven't even looked at this. All right. Short packing forever. All right. You know what? Eric, drop your mic a little bit, and then we should be okay. Uh, drop my mic. How the hell do I do that? Okay, let's see. Tools. Options. I was half afraid I'd hear, like, a thump sound. Yeah. Yeah. Audio settings. Um, how am I doing now? I can't hear Neil at all. You can't? Okay, now I can barely hear you. Yeah, this is going to be a very rough cut, quickie episode, because I want this up, like, tomorrow morning, tonight, tomorrow morning, so we're not even going to do any post on it, Neil. Okay. But, uh, yeah, this is a very special, uh, this is a very special episode called David Willis is an Idiot. (laughs) Because David Willis posted on Short Pack today a stupid stupid argument about uh, about saying DC Comics is bad at math. The thing is this. If DC Comics read this, they'd laugh because they'd say, we're good at math and you're stupid. And uh, he- here's why. Number one, the argument is there's a little girl named Lucy that watched Teen Titans every week from 2003 to 2006. And Lucy loved Starfire. Number one, the Starfire in the Teen Titans animated series is nothing like the Starfire that was in the comics. The Starfire that had 30 years of history in the comics. The Starfire that was Coriander, the warrior princess who got her powers from being tortured as a slave. Who who always dressed in short short skirts and short shorts and all that. It's it, She was drawn by George Perez. Look it up on Wiki. We'll put some images on the show notes just so you can see it. And the thing is this. Anyone, the whole argument is Lucy, this this fictional Lucy character that uh, that uh, David Willis is using for his ridiculous straw man argument, now in college, picks up the Red Hood and the Outlaws because she sees Starfire on it. By the way, I'm going to show you all the cover for Red Hood and the Outlaws. And anyone who is familiar with the the uh, Teen Titans version of, of Starfire would never pick up this book because you wouldn't even know if Starfire was on it looking at this cover. So, number one, flaw number one, look at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Because look, you got Red Hood and and uh, Speedy. Both of them are covering most of her, most of her, most of Starfire. So you barely see any Starfire. So in people who aren't familiar with comics, Coriander wouldn't know that that's supposed to be an analog of animated Starfire. So someone who was a fan of this Starfire from Teen Titans, the animated bullshit, would not know that this was the same character. Thus, would not pick up this book. Correct? Correct. No, I don't agree with that. You don't. I, 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 I think that you hear there's a book that has Starfire in it. I so don't the, think... But the argument that Willis makes is they she picked it up because she saw. Sure. 
or she heard. I mean, I'm fine. She didn't see. She heard. It, 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 I, I mean, and it's clearly. It kind of looks like the Starfire. It's an orange-looking lady. So I, 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 I think that this is the argument that is made against comics all the time that they're not gaining any new readers. And well, let, let me let me continue though. Let me continue okay. though. It's a. Uh... And, of course, yes, the Starfire that appeared in this comic, Red Hood and the Outlaws, is nothing like the Perez version either. That's without question, because because the Starfire that was in the Perez comics was a warrior princess, but she, she also had feelings. She had friends. She had emotional connections with her friends. She wasn't a slut like she is in this new comic. Yeah. However, you don't use another characterization that is as off-base as the original, as a point of acting like the other off-base one is the original, which is what this straw man is. And here's no. another point. When no. Teen Titans was at its peak in 2005, it ran until 2006, but it was at its peak in 2005, one-night viewership of two million readers. Not consistent two million readers, one-night two million readers. Mm. And the thing is, this, you know, another problem is, Willis is using that as, it had two million viewers. No, it had one night two million viewers. One night two million viewers. And the thing is this, any crossover readership, the maximum amount of crossover readership that happened between, you know, people who watched the cartoon to people going to the comics happened in 2005. 2005. And let's take that 2 million reader view, uh, viewer number for a second. There were two different comics that had the name Teen Titans back in 2005. There was a tie-in comic, Teen Titans Go, with the anime weeaboo-style artwork. And there was also the uh, Jeff Loa piece of shit. And, yes, I hate both of them. But the uh, example is this. The Jeff Loa series, the one that was in the DC continuity, not the anime continuity, but the regular continuity, its numbers were about 58 to 63,000 a month in 2005. And that's kind of mid to low range for a comic book. And yeah, that's a pretty small number. The, the comic book based off of the animated series that had 2 million viewers had 10,000 readers. That's less than half a percent. That that's a margin of error. Yeah, but so Ben, there, there is validity to this argument that you should be able to take a popular animated series and make a and, and capitalize off of that readership. They tried. Because they got ten thousand. They got ten thousand readers. Yeah, but that's because that's that's not ten thousand readers from the show. That is 10,000 hardcore comic book fans. And the reason it did so poorly is hardcore comic book fans didn't like the show because it wasn't accurate to the continuity of Teen Titans. I thought they didn't like it because it, it sucked. Well, it could also have sucked. I mean, <laughs> I didn't read the book, so I can't, I can't make that argument. Raven had, Raven had a demon pimple in the Teen Titans Go comic. Yeah, okay, so it probably sucked. <laughs> Um, but the point is, but the point is, there should be a way to do this. Um, and comic books have been catastrophically bad 
at getting new readership, and they are dying now. They have to find a way. I agree that they're dying. However, however, uh, the idea that, uh, you know, animated series don't translate to comic book sales. Animated series always translate to toy sales and DVD sales. Neil, I would let you take it from here. Well, I kind of have my own spin on this, because I don't, I don't entirely disagree with the comic, but I think the end conclusion is wrong. It's just, um, I just speaking as someone who does who draws like sexy girls and uh, likes all the, the cheesecakey shit. Um, I would never, never do that character in that way to have her like just bending over and contorting her body in every which way to show her boobs and her ass in every maximum possible way. It's just, it's you know, there's porn on the internet. If I wanted to find porn, I'd, I'd go on the internet. I don't need it from a comic book. Um, I, you know, I always think the characterization is important, and it's just, it's lacking in the, in the, uh, what is this, the, the Red Hood? Yeah, a Red Hood yeah. and the Outlaws, which, by the way, would a re, would a viewer of the Teen Titans cartoon, for, looking for Starfire, pick up Red Hood and the Outlaws just from looking at the name? Uh, probably not, but again, I, I think, uh, I think he had a point where if if they heard that Starfire was in this, they might pick it up. But the thing that I, part, that I thought was wrong was that it kind of implies that uh, if if you have a show with two million viewer, viewers, therefore you're going to get two million viewers on the comic. And <laughs> no, no, less than half a percent when they were doing a faithful adaptation of the but, cartoon as a comic. Less. Than half yeah. a percent, and let me put it this way: that's ten thousand. That's ten thousand people reading the comic. The death low of Teen Titans comic series that had fifty-eight to sixty-three thousand had a one-month spike to seventy-four thousand readers. When the why it was, it wasn't because the animated series did like a season finale or something very big or any advertisement for a comic. No, it wasn't any of that. This was the issue that had Rob. Liefeld doing the art. So the way that that uh, see the whole thing is where where uh, where Willis is saying Dan DeDio bad at math. Dan DeDio is laughing because he says I could hire I could hire Rob Liefeld for ten grand to draw one issue and I'd get the same return as a multi million dollar animated series. Yeah, but Ben the the argument could be made during uh, I mean. Let's say you're a buggy whip producer as automobiles are coming along, and you could say, hey, look it, I could try to get into this car thing, but that's expensive. If I made a more effective buggy whip, I'd get much more money. Yes, but you still go out of business in five years. No, I am always for digital distribution. That's not the point. The point is, the point is Willis is making the flawed argument that, that animated viewers translate to, to paper sales. They, I, I think, yeah, animated viewers do not translate to paper sales, but nothing translates to paper sales outside of the classic, um, you know, comic book ploys. And we talked about foil covers and that sort of stuff. That translates to comic book sales, but that's a dying business model. I agree, but we're and, not talking about the model itself. We're talking about Willis and his shitty Reasoning, but the, no, the reasoning is not shitty. In it the, kind of is. No, it, it because you're you're missing one point. DC did a whole digital reboot. 
the whole point of this whole reboot and this whole digital thing was DC trying to get new readers, and the first thing they do out of the mark is they betray both the existing readers and any possible new readers that would come in. Well, the you thing know, is it, this. The, the thing is this. Teen Titans has been done for five years, right? Mm-hmm. And as anyone in marketing knows, each year you don't run a series, you lose you lose right. an audience. And five years later, I mean, the return on investment of trying to say that the Dio and the guys should be writing more towards the people who like the animated series is flawed because five years later, you know, number one, they had their own comic for a comic faithful to the animated series. It you're, failed. You're number two, up. number two, go ahead, Neil. I was gonna, I was gonna jump in here. The point that he just made is one that I actually made. In fact, I predicted it on this very show. The DC Comics, after they did the reboot, was gonna be nothing new. It's the same. It's basically the same thing with a fresh coat of paint. And uh, all they did was jettison about 25 years of, of continuity, but it's the same thing. It's still all superheroes, and it's still yeah the same still storytelling and. And it's also it's also using Rob Liefeld to get to get boosted yeah. numbers. That's, but the the point I'm trying to make is specifically about the Willis comic that, you know, ultimately I still say has a very flawed argument. And you know, Eric seems to say no. Neil seems to say not entirely. Let me let me give you this this argument. Let's um, let's say. That, um, you know, we're not going to say that someone's going to pick up a, a book because of nostalgia for Teen Titans. It is old. However, someone who grew up on that style of, of animated series would buy something that had a similar feel to it. I mean, they would be attracted to, for example, to, um, a, another animated series with that similar feel, right? I mean, not after not after five years. Five years tastes change. I mean, you're trying to say we're marketing mm-hmm. this to a five year old mm-hmm. demographic. In a, in a five de- year demographic, tastes change. You know, moods change. You know, someone who might have been in the anime like look five years ago might not even touch animated series now. It's, I mean, you're t- you're talking about you're talking about taking a known quantity from five years ago and acting like it's in a vacuum. That's true. Um, I, I will concede that point, but what I, I think the, there is a point to be made to say simply, Teen Titans, the animated series version, was very popular. And it was very popular across a, across a, a broad demographic. Teen Titans, the comic book, has only been popular to a very narrow and, and narrowing demographic. So if you're going to go through a reboot, why not target that broad demographic that you know exists out there? Because number one, it's it's a demographic that you know the numbers are based off of something uh, off the of numbers that you're trying to count to be in a vacuum. Number two, you are not going for you're not going for your bread and butter, your core audience. You're not trying to because the, you have to remember, the readers are leaving. The readers yeah. are leaving. They're not dying. They're leaving. So yeah. so if you if you piss off more of of your bread and butter. To go for speculators, that's what you're saying. You're saying a different version of going after speculators. They're not going after speculators. You're going after a different audience. And DC has already thrown their existing audience under the bus. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at this point, it's sort of time to take risks. 
um, because they've, the, the audience that they've jettisoned is the one that loved continuity, and they said to them, we're not doing continuity. Okay, well, Neil, I'll let you, I'll let you get some final words in here. Mm. I had a thought, and I just lost it. Um, okay, but like I said, I think the numbers speak for themselves once you actually hear it. You know, the, the like I said, the Jeff Johns uh, in continuity Teen Titans book wasn't doing that hot anyways. I mean, it was doing about 50 to 60 and 70 one month when they had, when they had Rob Liefeld, of all people, drawing it. So, so in that ten that ten thousand reader jump is is exactly the same size as what the Teen Titans cartoons bring into the comics, anyways. With the Teen Titans Go, do you suppose that the Rob Liefeld uh, jump is just rubberneckers? You know, people who that's like, exactly what it is. People see a car wreck and you know have that's to stop. Exactly what it is. That's that's what I'm saying. That was a significant jump, and it was a Rob Liefeld jump. And that was the exact same size as the steady readership for Teen Titans Go. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that's kind of sad. And, and the thing is, is you could have Rob Liefeld do do like the placemats for Shonies, and you get ten thousand reader jump for the placemats for Shonies. Yeah. But I mean, that's because their only audience is the hardcore comic book audience, and they're going to be attracted to that. Uh, no, Rob Liefeld brings in the Gawkers. Yeah, but uh, no, because people who are not into comic books don't even know who Rob Liefeld is. Uh, they, kind of, have to yeah, they kind of do now. Would <laughs> you agree that people sort of know who Rob Liefeld is now? Um, I don't know. I think I, I think most internet artists know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was like he was, you know, showcased on all sorts of different sites. So I'm I'm just saying that I really think that he's been. Uh, I think that a lot of people sort of know who he is by now. And like I said, Rob Liefeld is like, oh, it's a shitty artist. i got to pick this up just so I can scan it and mock it online. And that's how I see it. And when I'm, when I'm looking at the let, – let me get this out of the way again. What Red Hood and the Outlaws did to this, the character Coriander, Starfire, is criminal, portraying her as a slut. I'm just saying that again to reiterate that I am against it. I also just think that that David Willis's argument, you're going to piss off 2 million potential customers is bullshit. No, it's not because that's the people So so you are saying if they did a reboot and they used the exact carbon copy of the cartoon that DC would have 2 million people buying issues. No, I don't what you're saying. I don't think that's the argument. I understand the two billion, two two hundred thousand. Do you think they'd get two hundred thousand? I'm thinking at first they would get none, but this is the audience they're desperately trying to get, and you don't get them by pissing them off. I'm um, asking, what's give me an estimate number if they things went your way of how many readers they would get. Um, if it was worth their money. Let's say they went digital. Let's say they had a reasonable price. Let's say they had more market penetration than they have right now. Let's say they actually did things right to get new audiences. Um, I mean, under their current model, nothing. If they, if they, if they, if they market, we're talking about. We're not talking about model. We're talking about characterization. Okay, under the current DC DC publishing scheme, if they tried to make a Teen Titans. Um, book after the animated series, they would have gotten the same 10,000, maybe 5,000 readers. 
because it, they, so, they, so that's, they that's a product for people who never come into the places where the, that comic book is. That's being. a quarter of a percent versus yes. half a percent. Yeah. So, so what you're saying here is the what you're saying without realizing it is that the David Willis argument is bullshit. No, I think there's a part of the Davis Willis article that's not being shown. Okay, so that the, thing no- is this, the thing is this. His whole argument is that they stayed with the characterization. Nothing about distribution law, nothing about, nothing about the... Yeah. I, think, I think what Ben's doing here is trying to split the horns of, uh, of Willis's argument. What I told Ben earlier was that you could actually, you could actually take you know, the spirit of what was done in the cartoon. You could, make, you could say, okay, what people liked about uh, Starfire was that she was the sweet girl... And you could apply that to the comic without or without bringing in the cartoon version. You, you don't need this naive, you know, otaku girl from the cartoon. You could have this sweet girl who's entirely new or maybe like an amalgam of different versions of the character and just build off of that. And I think what I the impression I got from Willis was that he was saying that they should do the cartoon version. And I'm like, eh, no. Yeah. I would, I would, I would make her a little more serious than that. Yeah, I think the Willis argument in taken in that sense is wrong. Yeah, um, I'm going to argue that Ben's argument, the way I hear it, that you should stick with the old character. Is I'm not saying stick with the old character wrong. entirely. I'm saying that uh, I'm not saying that entirely. But what I am saying is, when you look at it, when you really truly look at it. What uh, the flaw is, the way that Willis is treating a, a version of the character that hasn't even existed for a decade as what they should go with versus versus a character that has that much more history. I mean, to put in perspective, we had a Superman that, uh, that renounced his U.S. citizenship, and that was new, versus the Superman that we always knew went with the American way for about 50 years. I, with with the argument that Willis makes, the one that you're more familiar with personally is the one that everyone should go with. Uh, I don't think that's the argument, but I, I think that, yeah, you can you can sort of, I, I, I think what Neil said is sort of the, the way to go here. It's not so much you have to use the, the animated series verbatim, but there are elements in there that appeal to a certain audience that you're trying to get, and you should have included those elements instead of betraying everyone. <laughs> well, you know what, I can I can see certain parts of that argument, but again, my biggest issue is my biggest issue is the fact that he created this straw man that quite frankly does not exist of this of this situation that quite frankly, would never happen because, again, people who are into Teen Titans, the cartoon, the people who are into Teen Titans, the cartoon series, from five years ago. No, you're absolutely right that there would be no translation from the cartoon series into a new comic book. You're absolutely right that there would be That was the argument. No follow-through. However... If you took what worked out of that cartoon series, in the long run, you could end up with a comic book that is popular among a, a broader demographic. The Not book that got too popular was kind of asinine. What? A lot of them made that, com- that cartoon popular was kind of asinine. 
Yeah, but we're not talking about the the, the uh, you know the really uh, weeaboo stuff. We're talking about just a, a more general uh, characterization of the. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying if, if if someone prints the word booyah in in a uh, DC. Oh God, no! Oh, I'm, God. I'm gonna fucking kill people. No, I'm not even suggesting that. <laughs> No, there will be no booyah base. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure because uh, we're going to have another challenger coming in a moment. But like I said, that's that's the argument I'm seeing because half of this comic that David Willis, the idiot, published is about Starfire from the comic uh, from the cartoon series, and the cartoon series had two million viewers. That's half of the argument. But then he, that is the argument. The cartoon series had two million viewers. There were elements of that cartoon series that were very popular. Those elements should be things that you keep. I, I think that's a, that's a valid argument. I don't think I don't th- I think you're reading but, it. Uh, as but the, wait, let me put it this way: uh, Batman the Animated Series, wildly popular, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Harley Quinn never was in the comic before the series. Mm-hmm. Was in the comic because of the series. Detective Montoya. Again, another another uh, another migration. Uh, the, they're right. Mr. Freeze. Another migration. Right. You want to know a little secret? The Batman comic books never had a bump from that. I don't think you would see a bump. But I think... I, 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 I'm just saying that you're saying they're saying they should follow the animated series, and I gave you an example when they did, and there wasn't a bump in the readership. But there was, I don't think you see a, I think if you have popular elements, you don't see a bump, but you see a consistent growth in readership. There wasn't, there wasn't, there was a decline. Mm. Well, okay, I mean, and I I would argue that is more to the way comic books are marketed. And I I know, but the whole whole Willis argument is if you do it this way, there will be a bump. There will be yeah. a thing, but, no. but Batman, we saw a decline. Yeah. No, the, the real argument is that DC, that DC Comics is selling the things in the same spots, but now betraying their, their core audience, which is really stupid. <laughs> um, there needs to be more systemic changes in the way comics are sold. Um, that, okay. that goes without question. That goes yeah. absolutely 100% without question. I think everyone here can agree with that, right, Neil? Yeah. Hey, Ben, are you recording? Yes, I am. Okay, good, because mine stopped when uh, I adjusted my audio, apparently. No, that's just fine. This is going to be a rough cut. So, okay. so, so, like I said, this is just because I want everyone to hear my opinion about David Willis and his idios- idiosity. So. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, the, the, and, and I know that that the Eric doesn't quite agree with that. I just think that if you add a comic before this, let's say David Willis added a comic before this, how stupid the DC marketing model is, and how they should market it and distribute it differently, and then have this comic, it would make perfect sense. It would be a great strategy. Um, on its own, yeah, this would never work. I know. It, it, that's the thing. The message is there are two million ready readers of Teen Titans that haven't found their book yet. They have their own book. Ten thousand. Yeah. Ten thousand. There are two million. There, there are towns that are considered small towns that have triple that population. Yeah. And uh, here comes a new challenger. 
While Thomas Trevor appears. Yes, that. Long E, long O, Rebor. Okay, we are calling it. Uh, uh, this is. I'm, I'm basically doing a rant about uh, David Willis being an idiot. Oh. Uh, his latest short pact has a flawed argument that that the, that if they made a Starfire more like the cartoon Teen Titans version, that they that DC had two million waiting readers in the arms that they did that. I see, I don't see the that as the argument. I see it basically saying that a lot of the people, the younger people who grew up with the Starfire of the Teen Titans cartoon aren't exactly expecting the slut they have up there now. That's certainly true, and I already expressed my hatred of that. But the way I see it is this. Uh, you, you do know the numbers involved in the actual sales of the comics back at that time, right, Tom? Yeah. Okay, uh, I'm just going to rehash it again just one more time, but... Uh, Teen Titans had two million on one night. That wasn't a consistent two million. That was two million on one night, and uh, that was in 2005. That was at the peak of the series. Uh, the numbers for the Jeff Johns run uh, in DC continuity uh, Teen Titans book was about the 58 to 63 thousand a month, and uh, it peaked for one month. Not because of the cartoon, though. It peaked to 74 thousand on one month. You want to guess what month that was, Tom? Go ahead. That was the one with a guest artist. The guest artist was Rob Liefeld. And let me put it in perspective. The Teen Titans animated audience had their own comic, Teen Titans Go, running at the same time. You want to know what their their numbers were a month? Uh, Probably a lot lower, but then that was directed towards the younger audience, too. Mm -hmm. 10,000. 10,000. So 200 million no, two million viewers. Two million viewers to ten thousand readers. That was that was the cross. If we don't count just speculators reading the, the Teen Titans Go comic, that is half a percent. Half a percent. Is and the thing is this: animated never tra- translates directly into comic book sales. Never. No. It never does. That, that the the whole argument that it, it can and will is in itself. A flawed argument. I think a can is not a flawed argument. It doesn't, but it could. See, I think that, like I say, I mean, I've got the comic up in front of me right now. I don't think that the sales, even though he tags it off with that, it's comparing apples and oranges. Comic book sales, and he even puts in the last panel, uh, a best case scenario is 100,000 sales on a comic book. So, what he's talking about, though, primarily in this comic, is the characterization. I know. You know but, but even, I, even taking the pre-Didiot Starfire, I mean, it was someone who was full of passion. That's true, but the point is this. If someone picked a, someone who watched the series, the cartoon series, and only the cartoon series, picked up a Wolfman Perez issue, they will be confused of all, as all fuck. Well, let's be honest. To a point, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of similarities, but there are a lot of differences between the two characters. It's not the complete 180 of the piece of crap that they have out now. That's true, but I just wanted to put it out there that, that people already will have been confused. And we saw, you know, we're talking about 2 million viewers five years ago. Five years ago, 2 million viewers. Not 2 million viewers right now. So, so and yes, we are. Yes, we are. And 
So, so as I said, we have, uh, you know, as as anybody marketing knows, each year where you don't have a product out, you you lose a you you lose a percentage of that base, and five years for an animated series is like murder. It's it, you know, especially since it didn't all of a sudden magically have streaming again on Netflix or Hulu. It it already had a DVD release right around the same time it ran, so there's no reason to assume that there is anywhere near that number of two million. Well, and there's again, it's going back apples and oranges. Uh, we can go back to the Super Friends cartoon, which also had a comic book based on it as well, uh, which surprisingly was supposed to be canon in the pre-Crisis universe. Uh, on one hand, you've got something that is easily accessible free and usable in your own home without anybody else knowing. On the other hand, you've got something that costs you money to go get is you have to get it in public. So, I mean, and there was always a stigma attached to that as well. Uh, so I agree. Going home and watching, you know, Super Friends or watching Teen Titans or watching any cartoon is going to be completely different than going through. I mean, if, yeah. if, if let's say if Teen Titans was on a pay-per-view thing. Well, technically it was be getting, because it was on cable. Well, it, but that's, everybody has cable and it was part of the basic package. So, I mean, it's, it's not like broadcast. I mean, who watches broadcast anymore? Did you know I didn't get cable to, to, until 2001? Well, the average <laughs> American has cable. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Uh, but anyways, uh, it, it, it's still, I mean, it, it's, apples and oranges. I think that making the comparison between viewers and readers is a bad argument. If he had left that panel out, I would have totally agreed with this. If he did, I I would as well, but now he's trying to make it a numbers game, and I've seen the numbers, and the numbers are where the number of people who watched the cartoon that bought this exact same comic book from the cartoon is a a calculation error. It's point yeah. five percent. That's a calculation error. That that's to give and take in case there's a problem with the voting numbers error. Yeah, but then the, the, if you look at this comic, the center panel is the key panel there. And by the way, that is from Red Hood and the Outlaws. That's the cover where Starfire yeah. is so covered up that you, that if you aren't familiar with the comic version, you yeah. wouldn't know that that was related to the animated version at all. Thank you. The text there says. It has rebooted their comic aimed at new readers. And they have heavily promoted this at new readers, and they have said goodbye to their old readers. This is the gamble DC is taking. And then the first thing they do is anything that the new reader, the, the, and this is this, this character in the comic, Lucy, is representing the new reader, anything that the new reader could hold on to or identify with is not present in the comic. And let's go a little bit further on that, because as anybody knows who's had to deal with the idiot, they haven't just been aiming towards new readers. They have been antagonistic to the old readers. That's true. And but like I said, we're talking about we're talking about all they're aiming for is speculators. And and to oh, give absolutely. Exa- and to give an example, with fifty-two issue number ones. <laughs> they are Marvel comics of the nineties. With the uh, special, the reboot of number ones, the uh, special gimmicks. I mean, they're pulling out old stuff that didn't work. It, well, it worked on a short-term basis, but then remember, the nineties is also when Marvel went bankrupt. We don't. We haven't seen hollow foil 
yet, but uh, yeah, but I mean, this is a man who's had no original ideas. But uh, another example I want to give is uh, Batman the Animated Series, one of the first animated series that truly influenced the comics that it was related to. Correct, Tom? Uh, correct. Was there a, an actual reader, you know, increase? Yes. Uh, was there a reader increase? Absolutely. I, I look at the numbers. The numbers look pretty steady to me. There steady was an increase. increase for comic books. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I also remember, too. People for years. If you're staying afloat, that's an increase. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because during that time when Batman the Anime Series was in, comics was in a decline. And it, uh, it, DC has a topsy-turvy right now. It used to be that a lot of the stuff was promotion for comic books. Now the comic books are the promotions for the other stuff. That's true. And it's, it's become a money game, which I cannot disagree with totally, because it is it all comes down to money. But it's gotten to where they've gotten away from the base, they've gotten away from what the thing is, to the gimmicks. It's no longer create a quality product and then market that. It's Let's have a product and give it the hell out of it. That's true. And you know what? Like I said, my, my two biggest problems with the David Willis comic is, number one, number one, he treats the anime star, Starfire as, you know, it is known to, as the first Starfire to a lot of new people. But, you know, any like I said, anyone who picked up a Wolfman Perez era Titans book would, you know, be as confused. Right. And... You know, number two is that numbers game he plays at the end. Well, I, I I take fault with the first one because, as Grau has said, I mean, that middle panel says it all. And what DC has done is they are marketing, they're pushing towards new readers, antagonistic towards the old ones. So what they're doing, what Willis is doing is showing a kid there, someone who was young from 2003, 2006. It is now five years later. They are in their teen years, and they have actually have something other than an allowance to spend on this. So some of them will be going out because of the big... I mean, hell, they're advertising on TV now. So they're making their big push towards it. They're going to see something, and let me get an example that's out now. The Young Justice cartoon. Yes. I was a, a huge fan of Peter David and... In uh, and in uh, Knox. Yeah, uh, Young Justice. Great art... Fun writing, the comic was hit on all the points, and it was doing exactly... Its, its sales were going up slightly. It was a good seller, but... It was it was kibosh for the Teen Titans cartoon to make a Teen Titans comic yeah, book. To make a more adult comic book, which is stupid because it's... You don't kill somebody that's selling. Uh, however, now take a look at the current cartoon called Young Justice. It is a complete... I, I, it is a disservice to the original comic, but it's a disservice to the characters, whether you take a look at the comic or not. I certainly agree on certain parts of that there. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, when I saw the Teen Titans cartoon, that wasn't Robin, that wasn't Starfire, that wasn't Cyborg. I mean, that was a bunch of cliché-spouting characters that... Characterizations. Caricatures. Caricatures. Oh, agree. And like I said, I mean, I'm someone who grew up, uh, who read the Wolfman Perez era. 
So these were not the same characters. They had a basis on them, but they went off to aim towards a much, much, much younger audience, you know, a three to five. Right. As opposed to making something for all ages. Right. And like I said, the whole the whole argument is that, you know, that I see in the Willis comic is there is a percentage of those viewers that would be easy converts if they followed certain keynotes from the cartoon. And I don't see it. I don't see a number that can be that can be high enough to justify that. You know, it even you know even if they didn't do the slut Starfire and did just a Starfire that was more like uh, the Wolfman characterization, I still don't see that. I I still don't see a number high enough to tell them to influence themselves that much. See, I mean, I will agree. I mean, the the whole thing, the bad at math title he has at the bottom, the last panel where it has the comparison between viewers and readers again. That's an apples and oranges thing, but it also shows, again, the mentality that we see from the people in charge of DC right now. You've got two million people who are going to go watch the Teen Titans cartoon. You've got how many people went and saw the Green Lantern movie. Uh, you're going to see all this big media now, and it's going to be a pilly-ass little number that's going through and showing, er, reading and buying the comic books. I agree, but you know, like I said, if you if you went to to Dan DeDio and made the number argument to him, he would laugh in your face and say, "Please, I could hire, I could hire, uh, I could hire Rob Liefeld to draw one issue, and I can get the same bump in numbers that that a multi million dollar cartoon gets." Yeah, but Dan DeDio will laugh in your face no matter what. Because That's true, but I'm just telling you, you don't give you don't you don't give the man stupid arguments to go against him. You get, you get smart arguments, and the numbers argument is a stupid argument because he has accounts that tell him these numbers. And well, and, that, and if you if you give a stupid argument like this, you make everybody else who knows the real numbers look bad. I wouldn't argue with the end of you anyway. As I always say, you cannot be reasonable with unreasonable people, and you cannot be smart with stupid people. <laughs> That's certainly true. I I just wanted to just say it out there that that if you if you make an argument like the numbers argument to to Somebody yep, yep. high in DC, they know the numbers better than you do. Well, actually, better than 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 Willis well, does. That's part of the problem. They know the numbers, but they don't know the business. That's true. And but if I you mean, try I, to go into a numbers argument with someone who knows the biz, that knows the numbers, you're screwing yourself. You have to get into a business argument with, with, about somebody who's just doing the numbers argument. Well, and that's just it. I mean, I, I long for uh, this is old guy speaking. I long for the days of Jeanette Kahn, of Carmen Infantino as editor in chief. You know, when they had people who gave a damn about the comics, where they took experimental risks. I mean, I remember the DC explosion of the early 70s, where we got a lot of great characters, but sales bombed. I agree, and, and like I said, you know, the number one thing they had to do is definitely change their uh, definitely change their entire uh, distribution uh, system. But uh, it, it's, it's not distribution anymore, I mean, because even with the idiotic pricing on this electronic version, which is... Uh, Going electronic is a smart thing and a stupid thing at the same time, especially with speculators. Yeah. But you're going to go through, and um, every time that DC took a risk, whether it was the DC explosion, whether it was uh, the crisis on Infinite Earth, uh, whether it was some of these uh, fifth-month stories in the middle of the year that they used to have, the risks were still true to the characters. They still went to the fan base, and they expanded that fan base out. 
That's true. No, and they're, they're, they're not cutting off their nose to spite their face. They're cutting off their whole head. That's that's true. And But, you know, like I said, the biggest problem I had with the Willis comic, I think, is the numbers and the acting as if, acting as if the the cartoon Starfire was the only Starfire, and any Starfire that's any bit sensual is a shock. Well, again, I, I I agree with the numbers. I disagree with the way that you put the characterization because he definitely shows that this is was the younger people who grew up with the Teen Titans cartoon. Those of us who are older and remember the earlier Starfire. I'm not that. I'm not that much. Definitely more sensual character. I'm not that much older than than uh, than those people. I, I'm only 28. I'm, I'm you know, I, I thought well, I, the people who were kids when Teen Titans was in there, the the target audience for the Teen Titans cartoon. Yeah, but you know, lots of people in those five years that we're talking about, where those 20 that where those two million that that two million number dropped. The one thing that we have to remember is this. Some people sought out comics on their own since then. Some people saw the earlier issues since then. Some people Googled since then and saw the saw the Perez design since then. So the idea of this huge shock, this character, this character, Lucy, doesn't exist. Mm, I disagree, you know, because there are those, you know, those who grew up watching the cartoon and have never, to me, it, it, a lot of it is also, comics have become more insular, and this is distribution, I mean, this is, old guys talking here, and I used to go to the drugstore and read my comic books and buy them from there, now you can't find comic books outside of a comic book store. Barnes Noble has a nice rack. Or, on the rare occasion, uh, in a bookstore, but it's still the specialized stores as opposed to an open and general consensus. I'm, the only time I've gone in the past 10 years that I've gone in and seen a comic book in anywhere other than a comic book or drugstore is I went and saw some Archie comics, you know, Archie, Sonic the Hedgehog, all the stuff under the Archie brand over in an Eckerd drugstore. That's how Neil got acquainted with Archie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Archie's the the one that you'll always find at the checkout line. Yeah, that, I love that. So they're going for the general audience as opposed to the specialized audience. I know and that's but, not the way to do it. I know, but overall, ultimately, ultimately, like I said, I I just ultimately had an issue with David Willis's short pact, and it, it's not just it's not just this one comic. It's Several other times when he brings up any other sort of issue, he tries to sound, and I know that you're going to disagree with me, smarter than he is. No, why would I disagree with you? I mean, I, I, he, I, I've seen some of his arguments, especially against religion and politics, and I, it, it's the straw man argument. And, and like I said, I felt that this was a straw man it, is, itself, too, because he created this scenario that I think is going to be less than 1% of this 2 million viewers are talking about. I don't think this is a straw man because this is what DC wants. DC wants to sell to Lucy. This is this is DC's strategy. So, this is this is the marketing strategy of DC. They want to sell to a Lucy. Right. I, and so I I think the argument is if you come in here, oh sorry Neil, go ahead. 
I was going to say, it's not exactly a good execution of it. No, no. <laughs> no but uh, let, let, let's see here. You, you see that? You see Willis's uh, rendition of the Starfire in the Bikini. Uh, just just to uh, give Which a point. Was a lot night cleaner than was in the comic book. I was going to say, it's actually fairly accurate. <laughs> but uh, but here here you go. This is what this is how Perez drew her. See, I mean, you you actually have three arguments in the Will in the short pack strip. One, the people who grew up watching the Teen Titans cartoon, seeing the current rendition of Starfire. Argument number one. Argument number two, the characterization of Starfire and the difference between previous versions and what we have now. And then three, the numbers game. On argument one, the people who grew up with the Teen Titans cartoon. If they expect the sweet and bubbly kind of goofy Starfire they have from the cartoon, and a lot of them, a lot of them will, they're going to be shocked and disappointed, especially with the media push that DC has going on right now. Okay. Argument two, the characterization of Starfire. Like I said, back in the Perez, uh, Wolfman Perez years, Starfire was a sensual character. She had a little bit of innocence against her, but she also had an edge to her because she was a warrior as well. She was someone passion defined her. And what they have now in Red Hood is a slut. Is completely right. I mean, not just a slut, but someone who has no passion whatsoever. I mean, it's just basically, uh, you want to sleep with me? Okay. A cold slut. Yeah. Yeah. And then the third is the numbers game, which falls flat. Because it is, uh, it's like I've been saying, it's apples and oranges. The TV series and the media push and all this other stuff will have a bump. At most, comics are going to sell 100000 But that's not where the money is. No, it isn't. Mainly comic books are being published now by DC and Marvel. To keep, the, to keep the characters alive, to keep the copyrights alive. The intellectual property ownership. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, like I said, if you really look at it, you know, the people who liked the cartoon had their own series when the cartoon was at its peak. And Tom talked about a wall for ownership of those comics because of the stigma. And I certainly do buy into that. I do agree with that argument, Tom. But, you know, even then, 2 million to 10,000 is, is, is about what the percentage is. It's half a percent. But you also need to take a look at one other thing, too. Part of the reason for this reboot, I'm, I've never seen anything, this is my own private theory, is that DC Comics and Warner Brothers got stung bad by the lawsuit from the estates of Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Yeah. They own Superman. They own Clark Kent. They own the original costume. They own Lois Lane. They own the set of powers from the original Superman. The everything, jump, that came uh, that, yeah. everything that came after that is DC's. So what's one of the first things they do? They change the costume. Even, I mean, the S-Shield that everybody's familiar with was a lot different than the original one. It was just a triangle with an S originally. It was now a small, it was a small triangle, yeah. It was a tr small triangle versus the, uh, the uh, pentagonal shape that we have ever since the uh, 50s. So they are moving away from what is owned by Siegel and Schuster to make it more of their own property. Yes, and that's the same true. thing with Batman, the same thing with 
all the other characters is that they are trying to move them away into a property that DC owns the majority of to reduce the payments out to other people. I mean, now that you've got Siegel and Schuster, now that you're, and I'm sure the estate of uh, William Marston Moulton, uh, that the estate of Bob Kane, and everyone else that created the early comic books, before DC bought the properties, cut them out of the picture. And yeah. that is one, of, in my opinion, is one of the fundamental things behind the reboot. That the fact that Dan DiDio has a fetish for the number 52, thinks he's a better writer, creator, editor, and everything else than anybody else, and uh, Jim Lee, who's still trying to re- show that he can do uh, Heroes Reborn right. Well, you know, as long as, as, long as you know, uh, Liefeld's presence is only one book. <laughs> To me, I mean, it doesn't even matter if he does one book or more than one book. Uh, I, I, this is writer talking versus artist talking. The, <laughs> art, the art can be distracting, the art can be terrible, but <laughs> the whole basis behind it, the storylines behind it, they, I mean, it's, it's back to being antagonistic. Oh, and by the way, the uh, that the 2005 Teen Titans issue with the guest artist Rob Liefeld, there was a guest writer, too, and... Uh, the guest writer was actually Gail Simone. Well, see, everyone can have an off day. It, you know, Simone's writing was great in that issue, but you know that those 10000 extra for that bump weren't for her. They were for the train wreck. They were, well, I mean, I was, excuse my language for a moment, and it could be bleeped out later if you want, but it was because of torpedo tips. <laughs> <laughs> Why did Image Comics sell so great when it first started off? One, it's the new thing. It's the hot people, the rebels of comics. Uh, but it was primarily because of torpedo tits. <laughs> we'll leave that in. But uh, I just wanted to – let's wrap this up. This is just a shorty episode for a special short pact where uh, David Willis acts like he's smarter than us. Uh, this is Ben. And TV's Mr. Neal. Thomas Rebore from 910 Comics, 910CMX.com. Uh, Eric Kimball, also known as Dramos from Blade Money. All right, and good night.